Hi, and welcome back to OA on Air via social distancing. This week, the Biden-Harris team announced that the communications team at the White House will be comprised entirely of women. So we brought together some of the women from our communications team to talk this through. And in two minutes with Tom, Tom and I discuss vaccines and presidential leadership. In light of the Biden-Harris transition team naming an all-female communications team uh, for the White House, we have pulled together some of our female communications team here at Seven Letter O'Neill and Associates. Uh, I am joined today by Ann Murphy, Suzanne Morse, and Christine Dunn. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for having, having us. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. <laughs> So we, this is, this is exciting. Um, I think it's certainly an indication of the times that we're living in, uh, an indication of the progressive thinking of the Biden-Harris team, um, looking sort of outside of the proverbial box, so to speak. Um, but the, you know, the communications team is one of the most visible teams in any White House. Uh, it being led and fully staffed by women is pretty impressive. Uh, kudos to all of them who have been appointed and announced. It's quite an honor. Um, but what does that, what does it mean now, right? So there's a significance in terms of, but they also have a very big job ahead of them, um, perhaps more so than any other communications team before, that they have to put back the pieces that the Trump communications team and administration has essentially unraveled in terms of trusting of the press, freedom of the press, um, transparency, you know, it's a, it's a long list. Yeah, so I think it's worth um, thinking, you know, going through a little bit who was named. Jen Psaki, Kate Bedingfield, Pilly Tobar, Karine Jean-Pierre, Simone Sanders, Ashley Etienne, and Elizabeth Alexander. Um, and in particular, I wanted to go through them because there's a lot of intersectionality in there too. Uh, among, among you know, they're all women, but um, three of them are, are women of color, two African-Americans and Pili Tobar is, is a Latina. And uh, two of them are also lesbians. So I think what's really uh, going to be important with this group is how much their kind of intersectional identities inform their work. I have a feeling that they are really going to um, make sure that not only are women's voices and marginalized communities' voices central, you know, elevated, but central to the decision-making of this administration. And I think that's, that's something to be applauded. Well, I also think that um, there have been many other women on other White House communication staffs, you know, including, oh, sure. right. But, but I think what made this interesting is that the Biden-Harris team sought to highlight this fact in, mm -hmm. in this announcement to make it really clear it's a priority to elevate women and what Suzanne said and the intersectionality of, of this group. But to me, it makes me a little nervous too because they're really putting them out there. And you know that it doesn't matter once that honeymoon is over, they have a tremendously difficult job to do. They have a tremendously difficult responsibility too. So I think it's great in one way, but um, I have a little fear factor going on myself. <laughs> Yes, and to your point, I think you raise a good point. Um, we should mention that President Trump, his last two uh, front-facing press secretaries have been women. So, um, and Kaylee McInerney came out uh, with 
a bit of a vengeance this week uh, after it was announced saying, you know, this is not the first time um, pointed to the Trump team being all women when in fact it's not, but a lot of the senior level communications uh, folks on the Trump communications team are women. Um, but it to be the spokesperson for an agency and administration is a big job. It can be very highly scrutinized, uh, as many of us know. And it, you know, a lot of trust gets put in that, that person. And I am not mitigating that, oh my goodness, it's a woman. It's more just like, yes, of course it's a woman. Yeah, but I don't think it's only just the fact that they announced an all women communications team. I mean, I think what's very significant is that soup to nuts, Biden and Harris have installed women at all ends of their yeah. administration. So it's really the fact that it's the first time that all of their top aides um, are tasked with speaking on behalf of the administration, but also helping to shape the messages that inform that. Yeah. And I think that that's the key point that people keep missing. They keep looking at the fact that the voice boxes are all going to be all women, but take a look at what's behind all of that. I mean, Janet Yellen is treasury secretary, yeah. right? Um, Princeton University labor economist Cecilia Rouse is being proposed as the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. I mean, they are installing women and importantly, women of color across the administration and, you know, and then allowing women to inform how that is delivered. And I think that that's the important nuance that, you know, I understand, you know, the Trump team has been pointing to the fact that they've included women in, but it's at all levels of the administration that they're interweaving it. And that's what's really what's different. Well, and it's also worth pointing out that these, um, you also have now a woman vice president in Kamala Harris and Jill Biden is um, obviously she's a, a very important uh, advisor to the president elect in her own right, but she's going to be taking on her own kind of revolutionary role because she plans to continue to work. She plans to continue to teach as, as first lady. So there really is, a sea change in terms of how we view women in this kind of ultimate seat of power. Um, and, you know, to some extent, it does speak to the importance of allyship. None of this would be happening without Joe Biden himself. And, and you know, he should get credit for that. Well, I also think that um, many of the women on the team are also mothers, working mothers, which mm -hmm also reflects all the challenges of women all over the country who are shouldering a lot of the burden of childcare, household duties, and trying to earn a living during the pandemic. They're representative of that too. Yeah, and Christine and Cayenne, you guys can speak to that uh, yourselves. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, I mean, I just locked my child out of the room so that we can <laughs> <laughs> interruption. <laughs> <Ain't> easy. <laughs> You know, what I, what I really loved about this team is the fact that they bring such deep experience. And um, there are two things that really struck me about their experience. The first one was that they have foreign policy experience in terms of communicating about foreign policy and foreign affairs. Um, and I think that the 
um, work that needs to be done on our country's behalf in terms of being able to communicate not just to the American public, but the global public, is going to be a really important task for them moving forward. Um, the other thing I really liked about their backgrounds was the fact that they just seem to have a respect for the media. And that's something we haven't seen for a long time. And, you know, we talk about the importance of the media and free speech and, and the role that the media plays in that, but it starts with respect. And the fact that these women have a track record of respecting the profession speaks volumes and uh, gives me a lot of hope that we'll be able to have, you know, good communication moving forward. Uh, it makes me think about my time working for Governor's, Governor Weldon Salucci as a press aide back in the day <clears throat> and the tremendous responsibility that they felt in dealing with the media every day. They knew it was not the media's responsibility to report on all the good things that you're doing. It's the media's responsibility to report on the facts and to get that message across. You had to work with them every day. It was a it was a relationship. It was something that they respected the media and we respected their positions. So it, that's why it, it made it a really interesting place to work. And it also made me respect the um, both Weldon Salucci because they really did care about working with the press and giving them the facts, giving them answers to their questions, not making up things to just satisfy their own egos. Sorry about that. But, uh, but you know, that's why it, it always galled me when I, when I heard the, um, you know, mentions of <clears throat> fake news and this and that. The facts are the facts. So it's like, if you don't like what the facts are, well, that's your problem. But I think there'll be a new respect definitely coming to the, this administration in this White House press office. And then I wonder, I mean, part of what I think is encouraging about this is people have so little understanding of what we do on our end of things. Um, you, because the mostly most people's interaction with a communications pro professional or a public relations professional is what they see from the White House. I mean, unless they maybe follow like Hollywood gossip and understand what the role of a publicist is, which is not very similar to the kind of work that we do. So, you know, so having people who um, are honest in that role and are professional is really important in terms of people understanding the kind of work that we do day in and day out and, and you know, treating it with some level of respect that, you know, we're an important part of the media ecosystem in the work that we do. And having people there in the, that White House communications role, I think is helpful for, to help the public understand that. And how to use the different mediums effectively and appropriately. I mean, let's just think about how different Twitter is going mm -hmm. to look um, yeah. when you don't, the president is not tweeting in anger or frustration um, regularly and frequently and very candidly. Um, <laughs> oftentimes people hearing things for the first time, whether they're policy issues or executive orders, and then you see a scramble behind the scenes, you know, we're gonna get back to business as usual, which is things being vetted, uh, making sure that policy announcements uh, and are done properly and responsibly. Um, all of those things in and of themselves, whether it is a, a 
a man or a woman in any of these roles will go back to business as usual in a way that we are used to it. And that can, I think, only help to serve the idea of bringing respect and trust back and perhaps hopefully eradicating the term fake news from our day-to-day -day vernacular. Um, because this is, you know, as you said, it's a two-way street. We all have a job to play here. Um, without reporters, we can't get news out. Without people providing information to report, it's all, we have to work together and it really does it works best when there's a respect of the person at the podium uh, and sitting in the room asking the questions and questions that deserve to be asked. You have to be able to answer the hard questions. You might not like it, but that you're in that position for a reason and you have to figure out a way to answer it. I mean, that's just, just comes with a job. So. Yes, and not complain about it. And not complain. <laughs> well, and I think what people don't understand is that when you create a process for um, betting information, reviewing information, and disseminating information, you're creating a process of accountability. Yeah. When you just have somebody going out there and just spewing whatever's on their mind, they're not really holding themselves accountable for the information they're putting out. And, and I think that that's something that gets lost in a lot of this. I mean, social media and all these digital tools are fantastic for being able to disseminate information quickly and rapidly and, and to a wide number of people. But it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that that press of the button also means that you have to decide how you demonstrate accountability. Um, and that's what these processes are for. Yeah, and so that's where I do think it comes back to Gender does become important here. I'm reminded how in the kind of near the end of his administration, the, there was a, an article about how the women in the Obama administration really worked to um, uh, elevate each other's voices. And by creating this structure, this communications team that is filled with women's voices, I do think we are going to see just more respect in general for women's voices in, on a whole host of issues. And I think that's really important. And um, it also allows, one of the things that we've seen on when debate stages with women is issues that have ar arisen in the past about a woman debating, pushing back, setting the record straight, being direct, uh, not warm and fuzzy all the time. And the role of spokespeople, per particularly the press secretary who has to get up at that podium every single day. Um, and this is not just, a, a again, going back to what we said before, this is not just Biden and Harris. This is every female press secretary that has stood at that podium um, has helped to break down those barriers. It's important for people to see women stand up for themselves, stand up for an administration, correct points, be strong in, in their convictions um, as we continue to turn a very large ship of public perception about how a woman should behave. I think uh, also like credibility is, doesn't matter if you're a woman or once you lose that credibility, then you, no one's going to believe you again. And that's what happened even with some of the women, frankly, who were spokespeople in the Trump administration. I'm sorry, yes, you can have a lot of women speaking for you, but if you lie to the media, they are going to be not believe you the next time you say something. So, um, I mean, I'd like to think that uh, 
women or uh, are, are more credible than, than men sometimes. But I do think that um, the credibility uh, speaks to the reputation of the person speaking and it's gonna be taken very seriously moving forward. Well, and particularly because we know that this administration is gonna uh, you know, uh, face its fair share of crises, right? It already is. We know that the next, the first few, you know, few months of the Biden-Harris administration is going to be dealing with um, the pandemic and the vaccine distribution, et cetera. So credibility becomes really important. But to Cayenne's point, um, having women be addressing uh, crises in very calm, professional manners, I think just benefits all women in, in professional environments. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Well, so Anne and Cayenne in particular, you both have been you know, spokespersons for in uh, you know government agencies. Do you have any advice that you would offer these these seven women? Um, I think you uh, have to rely on your obviously you have your inherent gut instincts on what to do and do the right thing, and uh, you know you never never lie to a reporter. You always have to be ready to help help someone get to the right information and if you can't get it right away then you get it then you will get it later but i also think it comes down to a matter of you're a human being and you're a person if you're trying to do the right thing and you're doing it with most respect to the other people too i think you're going to be okay but you also have to have a good support staff there you don't do it alone if you surround yourself with the right people who can who can help you out i think then you're going, going to be okay yeah, I would agree. I think man or woman, it, it comes down to decency and respect. We all have a job to do. Reporters have to ask questions. Um, and your job as a spokesperson is to answer the question however you see fit, I guess. Um, you know, you can't always answer a question honestly because of whether it's uh, legal or privacy protections, you know, there's a lot, there's a litany of things. Um, I remember having conversations with reporters pretty regularly and their question, they would call and the person would say like, I know you can't answer this, but I have to ask. I'm like, that's fine. You have a job to do. I have a job to do, which is to not give you that information, but I respect you picking up the phone and calling. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I don't think you have to be a, a, a woman to benefit from that. I just think, you know, Tom and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in terms of Biden sort of being the man of the moment that we need right now, which is civility and decency was on the ballot. And that's just what our country needs across the board. Um, and whether you're in a commun communications position or any other position, just bringing it back to civil um, discussions, civil debates, and respect for one another throughout the process is going to, I think, go a really long way for everyone, uh, citizens in our country included. That's the truth. So Christine, you've been on the other side. You've been yes. in the media side. What are your, like, what would your advice be from that perspective? Well, you know, what I, um, what I really like about this is that there will be an ability to have more discourse with the administration and to be able to rely on that information that is provided to you. Um, I think it'll make for better stories. I think it'll allow us to better educate the public about what's going on. 
Um, and um, I think also in its own way, it will hold the media more accountable too, because you know they will be able to rely, they should be able to rely on that information more. So you know they will be held to a higher standard naturally since, since the information will be, will, will be of a better quality to begin with. Um, and I think that that's important. I mean, as much as I think the media plays an important role in, in holding our leaders accountable, um, if leaders are willing to provide good information, then it is good and, and a way of holding the media accountable at the same time. And I think that's a good thing. Good point, I agree. I wonder if there's going to be um, I wonder what the media, what the current White House press corps thinks. It would be really interesting to get them on a podcast kind of behind the scenes, but I'm sure they still have to deal with the current uh, players. So they're probably not going to want to, uh, you know, want to tell us, but maybe we'll hear about that soon. That would be kind of interesting. Maybe there'll be a book. <laughs> <laughs> and then a movie. I'm and then sure a movie. there will be. <laughs> and, you know, Oh. Um, all, well, all I was going to say is, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, of course, one of the interesting things about Biden is he didn't run as an outsider. So it, it, a lot of the, you know, Jen Psaki actually served in the Obama administration before. So I do think that there's going to be a comfort level with this new team that is maybe a little bit different from most other incoming administrations. They aren't really new faces um, to the media world. So, you know, I expect that they'll get a little bit of a honeymoon, um, but I don't, you know, I think that it'll come go back to this kind of typical adversarial relationship once, uh, once it gets rolling. They're gonna have so much to deal with. I can't imagine they're gonna have any honeymoon period. <laughs> it's gonna be the ground running from before know, day one. True. I mean, what a job they have before them, right? They do. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a job of stamina, at least for the first couple of years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that could be said for even Biden and Harris, like winning this. Yeah. Um you know, it's every president obviously has their challenges, but perhaps none more than what Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris are about to walk into. So, I, I could not agree more. Um, Godspeed to all of them. That's right. And Godspeed to all of us as well. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm excited to see what happens next. Maybe we, we can do this are. again and we'll do it again after, you know, we'll see how they do. We could do a little report card. Yeah, we'll come back and check in. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Cayenne. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Cayenne. Thank you. Hi, Cayenne. Hi, Tom. How are you? Nice two to minutes, see you. Two minutes with Cayenne. Nice two to see you, too. We usually do this on Zencaster, and today we're doing it through Zoom, so I get we'll to see Cayenne. Yep. <laughs> On, we're on different sides of the world, Cayenne, Isaac, and me. Anyway, we are good, different to you, kinds of good to see you good and healthy. Thank you, you too. Now, you know that the situation here in Massachusetts with COVID has, they told us two weeks ago from the public health uh, department at the state level that 
two weeks ago, we were, we were getting about 2,000, 2,200 new cases a day. They said that within two weeks, the weeks following Thanksgiving, it would double. It has tripled. And they had said two weeks ago that it will be twice that number by Christmas time. What they're intimating is, and was then, that the worst of this pandemic is in the months ahead of us, the two, three months ahead of us. And it could be the worst uh, experience from a public health perspective in the history of the United States. Um, so it's, it's, it's mind boggling to contemplate that. But the good news is that we have a vaccine. We have a couple of vaccines coming and they're starting delivery of them in December. The hesitancy comes in 43% of the public being polled say that they're not going to take it or are concerned about the legitimacy of it. Um, you mentioned on the, on the phone call coming in that it was terrific that we have three former presidents yesterday and the day before saying when the vaccine is made available to them in their giving category, when it gets to, you know, when it gets to their category of, of vaccine taking, they're all going to do it. And they're all going to show good example in, in order to do it. And that's the right thing to do. You know, you speak to the legitimacy, it's important that they are doing so because they want to help instill public trust in the vaccine. Um, you know, I think as with this moves forward, legitimacy is certainly part of it because, you know, and to a lot of people it was rushed, to people who paid attention, no steps have been missed. It was just really compressed um, in getting these vaccines done. But people are concerned about the long-term side effects that we just don't know yet. Well, we and don't know that. Now do we know how long it lasts, how mm -hmm. long the effect of the vaccine lasts. Here's, here's what I do know, that Pfizer um, was the company doing the vetting on, them, on themselves over in Europe, and so they've been approved. The gold standard here is our FDA and the way we vet these vaccines and, and medical products coming through. Um, the science proves out whether this is effective and works, and the FDA you know, the FDA has said that it does. That's enough for me because it is the gold standard. And what I think we need to do is have other people, other leaders in this, in this country and within our community stand up and say they're going to take the vaccine. I also think we need public relations campaigns on the part of, of health organization providers and insurers and, and people who are responsible for giving out this vaccine to do the advertising to various uh, elements and audiences within our communities and, and around the country to make sure everybody is understanding the importance of taking the vaccine. And it's the way, it's the pathway through to the cure. Mm -hmm. The other thing I like about this is it's once again, an example of former presidents coming together to you know, convince the country to deliver a message. It's usually something very high level that, and, and incredibly important that will bring former presidents together as one. It will be interesting to see <laughs> if upon becoming a former president, what role Trump will play in this president's club. Um, to date, he has seemingly been on the outskirts. Uh, he has not been a president that has brought in former presidents for uh, council guidance. Generally speaking, there's an unwritten rule that former presidents do not criticize a sitting president only because they understand the, like, the gravity of the job and just how difficult it can be. Uh, that is not currently the case. I think each of these presidents has spoken out publicly um, against President Trump on more than one occasion. 
So for the three of them to continue to come together and be a strong front, it will be interesting to see what happens both with this vaccine and in general in terms of the former presidents and the path that they take forward and the role that, that Donald Trump will play. Yeah, I think that's important. I, I also think that, you know, that there are other types of leadership that we, that we find that people pay attention to, we'll, we'll kind of hang on to every word. It could come in sports, it could come in business, it could come in, in, uh, in, in you know, religious leadership. Um, but we need for our leaders to step up of every stripe and do the right thing here. That's, that's really very important. I, I don't count on Mr. Trump doing anything that's right, uh, to be very honest with you. I, I, fair, fair assessment. Yeah. No, and I don't mean to be overly critical. It's just that, you know, he, he's in it for himself and he's made that abundantly clear. Uh, he's not he's not even mentioned the pandemic more than two or three times since the election. Uh, he has, you know, he's more concerned about his golf game. And uh, I, I just think that we have to move on. That's all. It's always good to talk to you again. You too, Tom. Have hey, a great day. Hey, it will, it will be a better day. And it looks like there's one behind you, which is lovely. <laughs> I hope it stays that way. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of OA On Air via social distancing. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next week.